All right. Welcome to Get On Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge of self. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine. That means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Philip Jones from Newport News, and I am uh, coming to you live. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. I'll be filling in for Seiko until he pops on in about 30 to 40 minutes. So welcome to the Get On Code show. This show is focused on empowering our community. Our code is empowerment. When we state Get On Code, we are encouraging the family to get and remain focused on empowerment. Today, we have a special guest who is focused on empowering the Black community uh, with a cyber bank known as PayBaby. Our guest today is going to be Hassan Mia, and we're also joined by a few of our platformers here on the show. We're going to wait till uh, Mr. Hassan and uh, Brother Zumbi actually jump on. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the show. Uh, I'm going to ask a few questions uh, right now. Uh, Mr. Hassan, could you tell us a little about your background? And then we will hit you with some questions from our panels and from the viewers. Thank you. Sure. And uh, thank you for inviting me. Um, my name is Hassan Mia. I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, grew up in the in the area that has undergone a lot of transformation. Of course, you know, the, the most densest black city in America. And then I went on uh, to college, became a CPA, went to Stanford Business School, uh, worked in uh, management consulting and accounting and became partner at KPMG uh, and stayed in that field for a while. And then um, eventually I ended up uh, working in, in, with Hollywood Consulting and then I went into tech and then I, I worked in that field for many years and then became entrepreneurial. So my background is really finance and technology with a deep uh, interest in uh, all types of types of fine uh, technology, including fintech, artificial intelligence and blockchain and other emerging technologies. Um, so that's my background. Sir, that's amazing. I can't wait to jump into, you know, crypto and, and blockchain and and all these things about how do we kind of, you know, improve financial literacy for our community. Brother Zumbi, you want to go ahead and give an introduction as well? Yes. For, for those of you who have may have been following me the past few weeks, uh, I'm Brother Zumbi Shawala. Um, I'm the author of a recently released book entitled GOAT, Gospel of Afronomics Theology. It's what I call a 21st century blueprint for black economic power. And the best way I've described it is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad meets Malcolm X's Black Nationalism. So it kind of gives a more cultural perspective to, uh, to business economics and finance. And so what I want to ask the elder in regards to economics, how do you see economics now uh, with us being in a post-COVID economy? Uh, what importance does economics play for African people now since we've seen industries be wiped out? We've seen black businesses being eliminated, but then we also see opportunities emerging in this post-COVID economy. Great. Is that is that a question for me? Uh, yes. Okay. Great. Hey, that's a that's an excellent question. So obviously, the economy of the U.S. and large parts of the world have been devastated as a result of COVID. But it's also a reset, and 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 we as a people, even though that we're we suffer disproportionately, we need this reset because if you look at our at our status in this country, in many ways, we never got out of where we've been, and you know. You know, you look at our relative wealth position, I think was in the introduction. We're still at 10%, you know, black wealth still only about one tenth of white wealth, the same as 1968, right at the end of the, 
so uh, end of the uh, Civil Rights Act. So I think what happens now is one, the reset make, uh, makes it possible for us to maybe get a chance that we haven't had before. And two, the reason I think it will happen is that there's a technology reset and then we're at an inflection point that will get us as hopefully if we do what we should be doing, a seat at the table that we haven't had in this country up until now. I think that's, uh, you know, that's a such a hard question, a hard answer. Before I ask my questions, I do want to introduce Sean Toole, who's the owner of Rising Business Solutions. Sean, why don't you give us an introduction and then we'll kick it back over to Hassan to answer some more questions. Absolutely. Hey, I'm, my name is Sean Toll, owner of Rising Business Solutions for over a decade, uh, helping people. Uh, actually, our goal is to move people from financial literacy to financial independence to build a generational wealth. Uh, we've been doing that for over a decade in the um, Hampton Roads area, but actually grew. Now this year, we've been doing a program that we are actually national. And our, um, that's why I love this conversation. And I'm very much excited with that. Also, a, a founding uh, member in the Hampton Roads Black Mastermind Group. And uh, to help businesses grow, um, not only be so that they could be self-funding and building and get get money uh, um, in, in a natural way. So this is a beautiful conversation. Can't wait for that. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate that. Sorry for for, for skipping you right there. Uh, going back going back over to Hassan. Um, you know, I think I, I'm a, I'm an MBA student. I love talking about finances and consulting. Can you tell me um, what is your bank's five year plan? Like, what is going to happen with the bank in the future? I think uh, myself and our viewers would love to hear about that. Uh, so, you know, we're, we just started a year ago, but our vision is to create the first digitally focused national bank that has never existed and that will cover every black and brown person in the U.S. with the same access to banking as they would with any major bank. Uh, that includes deposits, checking, savings, investments, and lending, and any type of new uh instruments that may come along. So that's part of it. And then the other part is that we already started with uh, equity crowdfunding. You can go to the PayBaby site and you can actually invest in this. So it's also important that we have a seat at the economic table. So our, our second part of our goal is that the people of our community should invest in entities such as ourselves. And we're offering that so they can be empowered too. Just like your vote is your empowerment for the political system, we'd like to give you, you a chance to invest so you, you could have your shares as your empowerment into our economic system. And our idea is to recycle money within our community and, and have that in every way possible. And our vision is that if we do that, I think it was mentioned earlier about all the money flowing through our, through, through our community, which is, you know, black wealth is about $2 trillion of black spending, not wealth. It's yep. about two and another $2 trillion in brown wealth, but we hardly keep any of that. And that's because we're not allowed to recycle it because the banking assets do not sit on our own institution. And that's why we want to be able to change that whole narrative and make it, uh, we control our money and then we put it for ourselves and we give it back to ourselves and we create a virtuous ecosystem. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say on that is Pay Baby Corp is a Delaware public benefit corporation. So we have a social mandate that, that to focus on our community and that actually gives us a safe harbor. So no matter what, if an investor came and said, you're leaving money on the table because you wouldn't take this predatory lending you know, partner. And we'll say, no, we can't do that, brother. We, we, we got to support our community first and foremost. And there's good money to be made in doing it honest, honestly and in supporting our community. Thank you, sir, for that. Okay, I guess it's my turn. Um, Bob Hassan, you had brought up uh, the thing about crowdsource funding. And one of the things that I've noticed is that, you know, you talk about coming to the round table of power. And it seems like we've been absent when it comes to coming to the round table in terms of equity financing. Could you uh, elaborate or expand further about how uh, your bank will help us, you know, get a foot into that equity financing. Sure. Um, again, um, uh, probably like Phillips, since I'm an MBA also, I love statistics and things like that. So, uh, you know, as many of you may be aware, you know, less than 1% of, of all venture capital go to black entrepreneurs. And then mm -hmm. if you were to, if you were even to dissect that and take what percent of capital goes to black entrepreneurs focused on black business, and it's such a small number, you got to use a few 
zeros in front of the decimal place before you get there. And that's, and that's not only true there, but that's true in lending and everything else. So we're going to have to learn to finance ourselves and we should do a much better job. So that's why we were excited about doing equity crowdfunding and that kind of thing. The other thing that is uh, related to that is because uh, equity investments and other things has historically been the domain of people who have more money and, 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 uh, there, we disproportionately are much more of a spend what we have type of economy. We've had less uh, uh, money or capital available to spend in equity. But but that can change. There's a couple ways that can change. One, uh, there, there are ways in which if you look at Africa and other places like that, even when they had no money, they had things like Susu and other things where they figured out how to spend and lend among themselves. And we've right. had very little of that among ourselves. And a lot of that is, is depression, oppression. Right. Uh, many people forget that Frederick Douglass was the first black bank president in America. And then they tore that down and they've been tearing down our businesses since the beginning. And this this really hasn't stopped. So but I believe that we're at a moment in time where that can stop. And once it does, even with all the spending that mainly needs to be consumption dollars, if it can flow through our institutions that we control, then we can start that cycle. Of, of spending, savings, reinvestment, and other things for the benefit of our own community. And that, and you can't do that unless you're at the, at, have a seat, unless you're in banking, because everybody puts their money in the bank. Absolutely. And Mr. Hassan, I have a question because, you know, I've, I think we had a little conversation prior to this and helping businesses, black businesses grow. And we had a, that little conversation with uh, so many people was not, so many black businesses, one, during the COVID situation, uh, failed more more than white businesses or other businesses also a big reason of that uh they was not able to get the ppp loan was not able to apply and one of those reasons a lot of them don't even have business bank accounts right um so so just touching on that uh what is some of the ways you can break that because i believe in the black community sometimes there's a fear of banking they they don't trust banking. So how can you how can you guys uh, one reach over you know that fair and how can the um, how can the black uh, entrepreneur benefit from you that maybe they could benefit from a the traditional bank or the large bank that they could get that help from you? Yes, uh, great question. So um, when we started Pay Baby last last summer, which you know came about as a result of what happened with George Floyd and looking at how we can do something more significant, we noticed that you know twenty five percent of black people are, are unbanked or underbanked, and a lot of it's because they don't either trust the bank or the second reason they can't properly get an account because they don't they don't KYC, known as know your customer, so the mm-hmm. bank denies them an account, and that can be because. They're, they're, uh, the credentials of our people tend to be a little less stable than your white household who owns their home. So their housing stable, their work stable. They have all these things that are very stable. So when they get a bank account, they immediately qualify and we don't. So we, so in our, if you go to our side, you notice that we, you can get an account as, as short as five minutes, but you do have, it automatically goes through the KY system, KYC system. And we use software to, to uh, approve you. But we discovered after, and we got this, uh, we got up and running because we, we were fortunate enough to buy a, a on, you know, a live digital bank. But we noticed that they disproportionately uh, turned down our people for these reasons I talked about. And that's another important reason we are there because many of these people shouldn't have been turned down. Just because you, you know, you had you bounced a few checks in college, like you know, that could happen to anybody, doesn't mean you're dishonest. So there's all these reasons why we were not allowed to get it. And so we're a key reason why it's important that people like us control it is that we can start knocking off these issues that keep us from getting an account. And then related to lending, we also are a, a PPP marketing agent. And we noticed that, you know, as you mentioned. Uh, black businesses, uh, failure rate is almost double that of white business, like over 40 percent versus in the 25 percent for white businesses. Why is that? Well, many don't have an account. So mm-hmm. we work, for example, with uh, Carver Federal Savings Bank here in New York, the largest black bank in the U.S. And they told us about that. And so we uh, being a technology company, we found the software platform that would make it easier for anyone to get on, you know, to apply for a PPP loan. But there are also complications because 
uh, black businesses tend to be more, say, small one and two person people, banks, so they don't have QuickBooks and all these 941 and all these statements. They're honest businesses, so then they get shut off for that. So we need to solve all those things. And many of them are, are also, you know, is beyond what I could do as a bank. It's government. Yeah. When I discovered they didn't have a, a, a bank account, I said, oh, great. You know, Biden said eight man people didn't have a bank account, mainly our people. Right. I went to the IRS. And I said, oh, I'll click in there to show people how to get a bank account. I noticed you can't do that. You have to go through this tax return. I mean, there are all mm-hmm. these barriers that we need to solve. But first and foremost, we got a lot of people know, hey, you can come to paper. You can get a free account quickly. If you can't contact us, we'll help you. If you need PPP loan, go to our site, uh, fill it out. If you have any issues, contact us and we'll help you get through all these little rules and roadblocks they set up because there's no reason we shouldn't have the same access as anyone else. And and so that's how we're micro-targeting our community to do that. Hassan, I want to I want to jump in there. I know we've talked about this before one on one, but, you know, I think with the the summer of 2020, um, a lot of things happened. Everyone calls it, you know, their the racial awakening of America or perhaps the second or third, you know, racial awakening. And all these things happen. You could donate here, donate here. All these kind of black banks seem to pop up or at least were amplified overnight. I guess my question is, what makes your bank different than other black banks, such as One United or the Greenwood Bank? I know you've mentioned you know, a few things that distinguish yourself from others, but I'd love to hear, like, why is your bank different? Because there's so many things out there. I think people would love to know, like, what makes yours so unique? Sure. I'll, I'll start by saying, you know, uh, not to, you know, I'm, I'm glad there's more opportunities for more banking. So I'll, I'll, yes, I'll preface it with that. Um, but our Wicked by PayBaby banking app is the only uh, banking app available in the market today. Uh, mm-hmm. So the other ones are, are still in development, and, uh, and and so I'm not sure when they'll actually be out. So that's, that's the first and foremost thing. We are alive today. You can go to our site, and you can get a bank account today. And then if you need a PPP loan, you can go there, and you can, you can be referred to a PPP loan today. So uh, And then if you look at One United, which is great that they seem to be in a lot of locations, but the, uh, they're $20 trillion in banking assets in America with a T, yet they're only $5 billion you know, of, of black banking assets. So all the black banks in America are so small that their ability to actually do something is very limited. And so where we're different is, like I said, we, we, can, we will scale through technology. So I call us at the Amazon moment, where it's now possible, a bank like ours, which is immediately in all 50 states, and then we and then the other part of it is our goal and what we're working on is creating that virtuous ecosystem. So not only do you start depositing our bank, you know, we're going to work with the minority deposit institutions to make sure that the money flows through these institutions to create that virtuous cycle. So versus today where you open a bank account at Wells Fargo or or, or B of A or anything. And then as we can see, since less than 2% of black capital recirculates within the uh, black community. That means that that money is not going to black entrepreneurs or black homeowners or black uh, people need in need of credit cards of other forms of debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, you know, we was having a conversation earlier from a customer service perspective. And I was talking about the situation recently in Connecticut uh, with a young black woman who could not get a thousand dollar withdrawal from uh, a TD bank teller. Mm-hmm. Now she represents this nonprofit and she felt very humiliated because the check had cleared that was deposited 24 hours earlier, mm-hmm. but the teller told her point blank, I don't feel comfortable giving you this money. And when, when brother Seku had told me that you were going to be our guest, it was like, Okay, now online banking is really the wave of the future. So how does, from a customer service perspective, your bank in particular um, gives the black and brown customer his dignity and his integrity back where they don't have to deal with those humiliating uh, incidents? Well, uh, great question. So it starts right now. If you want a bank account, you sit down in front of a, someone and they t- you, you open an account. You have no idea whether they'll even accept you. 
And you don't know if they don't accept you. They don't tell you why. Whereas if you if you if you're digital, there is no such thing. There's no someone looking at you and making judgments on. You. So we're digital. We're online. So that doesn't happen. And so the whole idea that you have to be dependent on a human interface in order to have access to banking is simply wrong. And that's what happened to this person. So that's where we're going to be different. The second thing you asked about customer service. So a core part of what we're building is that we uh, we have a customer service platform where we look at all the uh, and we have a series of questions and answers where we uh, using uh, artificial intelligence try to uh, do the best job of making the most uh, seamless experience as you get an account or you have questions or are there are any issues or any of that. So you understand everything. And again, this is an online experience. And then finally, we have live chat, uh, not live chat, a, a live person that will get on and talk to you. So this whole movement of where you have systemic racism that blocks us from things that shouldn't even exist. If, for example, if, if you're if you're completely banked and it's a thousand dollars in your credentials, man, what the heck does someone feel about it to have anything to do whether you have access to the money? I mean, that is completely ridiculous. But that we find that off too often when, when we come in there, they just look at us and decide, oh, OK, this person must be wrong for whatever reason. And and, uh, and 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 again, a lot of that is the data that these institutions, these black institutions, these sorry, these white institutions have that they use as their criteria is in, and based on deep, deep discrimination. And that hasn't changed. And it's the way they think about us, too. They often think about us as, oh, if I help you, it's charity. When I help a white, whatever, or non black, oh, I'm doing business. <laughs> And that mindset is something that we have to change. And that's a key part of what we're working on. You know, and I think as we all kind of seen with the uh, our community, we're having a lot of challenges with banking and, and challenge chances. And that's why we need places like your your bank. Um, so I and I'm from an entrepreneurial position. I, I have been in business, you know, 10 years. It keeps coming back to me. So when um, so if I'm an entrepreneur, I'm coming to you, right? And like a lot of the questions you just said, um, there's a lot of barriers for us, but is there any education or places that we could team up or have you teamed up with any places to help get your message out or educate people about how to do banking correctly? Um, yeah, great question. So in the, so we we just, uh, we started our company, like I said, you know, idea came after George Floyd. We started the company, we ended up, we you know, raise a little money. We bought the bank. That happened on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, so we're in the process of equity. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we, can we do that? That's impressive. That deserves we'll a clap. I mean, that's some fast work right there. I mean, I'm just telling thank you. you. That's, that's, look, I have to do a heart for you for that. No, one. That's, okay. that's good right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to tell. I used to tell my boys. I used. To, I, I shouldn't say. This. I said, "Man, we're behind the eight ball of history. Man, we got to move." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> play around with it. <laughs> So I'm talking about uh, in terms of entrepreneurship. So in the beginning, our our account is like uh, some of the other big ones. You probably heard of Chime or some of them. You know, these companies are worth as much as top 20 and their consumer accounts is what we have now. But we also are moving into we're going to add uh, black business. I mean, not black, but uh, business accounts focused on our community. So all these building blocks that keep us from participating, we plan on changing. And then, like I said, underneath all that, the key is the data and the banking system and the things they do to keep us from having full access. And a lot of that is driven by, uh, and that's where I call AI is so important. Like if you download our account, you'll notice a couple of things when it comes to, you mentioned financial literacy. I like to say financial education because the word literacy always bothered me because of the flip side of that. But <laughs> but, <they're trying. laughs> but when I think about that, and again, being in the tech world, I think, okay, we got to help. We want to partner with more. And we've, we've given uh, joint uh, uh, sessions and we've done some webcasts. Like well, one group is like a black mom's group to help them figure out how to get a bank account. So that type of thing. But secondly, if you go to our app, you'll notice it has what I call, uh, it uses intelligence to improve your ability to bank. 
For example, so every time you spend, it gives you a notice. It categorizes your spending. So you'll know if you spend $100 on Starbucks, and you're like, what the hell? Why am I spending $100 on Starbucks? I don't be spending that on food or, <laughs> or diapers. It's ridiculous. But a lot of people don't notice it until you point it out. But if you look at our app, that's embedded in there. So our, our um, uh, uh, focus and our desire is to use this technology that automatically starts to help you. And eventually, this is where we're going to distinguish ourselves, is that we're going to add technology where it's going to start noticing how you spend and how you save. It's going to first recommend, and then our dream is you hit a button, and it will ask you, do you want me to help you? And you say yes. And as soon as you say yes, it takes over. It won't let you you'll hit a wall at Starbucks. You won't be able to spend more. It just start doing those kind of things. Hey, brother Hassan, can I ask you real quickly? How do you get that app, real quick? Because we haven't put that out for the audience. How can you, someone could get that app right now? Yeah, so it's www.paybaby.paybaby.com. That 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 shows our, uh, tells you all about our site or our app. Since we bought it, it's called Wicked. W i c k e t. And and, and you can uh, and it's Wicked by Paybaby, and you can get it at the uh, Google Play Store or at the Apple uh, iPhone app store. It's available. Spell that one more time for me. W-E-C-K. W-I-C-K-E-T. Wicked. Okay. With a T at the end, like the game of Wicked versus Cricket. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) And and, and it's available now. So anybody and everybody in the audience, you can pull up in your phone. You can search in the Play Store or or in the App Store. Search for Wicked by PayBaby or type in PayBaby, and it'll say Banking App. And you can download it and, and sign up for an account. It's totally free. You don't even have to add a penny ever if you don't want to. But of course, you won't get the benefits of banking with it if you don't. So we hope you <laughs> we hope you download it and and then load money into it. Sir, you you hit on a few things that I really want to circle back to. You said, you know, sure. what do we need to focus on as the black community? And I think I want to flip that to how can like what are some tactical steps that families can take to start this virtuous cycle of money management. For example, I can remember when I was young, you know, my father sat me down and said, this is the stock market, right? This is bonds. These are dividends. These are things that, you know, this is how we create this financial uh, wealth on, on this amazing journey. What can individuals do on the tactical level to increase this kind of uh, money management? Sure. So, so if- Everyone needs to think about money management as a core part of their life. So that is, you know, so I do highly recommend that financial education and those things be included. And and we uh, we often uh, are on Facebook and other things where we promote things that help with, you know, financial education and that type of things. Uh, the second thing is, of course, uh, if you go to our site, PayBaby, we, for example, we explain how you can get the stimulus check. You know, many people, again, millions of us missed the stimulus check because they didn't have a bank account. Or if they did, they didn't know how to connect their accounts in order to get their own check. So it's important that you go out and seek out easy you know, ways in which you can uh, participate. Now, the next area is, uh, you know, investments and savings. I recommend that everyone uh, include a savings plan. Again, if you look at our app, there are automatic saving tools already in there. So you could automatically tell it to save so much or it has a roundup feature. Every time you spend 60 cents, it'll put the last 40 cents into your savings account. So you should develop savings types of habits. Um, and then the other part that's very important is that I recommend everyone does at least a weekly or monthly review of where they stand. And no matter how little money you have, if you start thinking about it, you can actually start to... Uh, even if it's only a little, you it'll get you in the mode of thinking about, I have to do this. So when I do end up, you know, getting a little bit more this week or this month, I, I already have a habit or I know where to put it. And then lastly, don't be fooled by these get rich schemes. I mean, it's okay to, you know, we all, you know, have dreams. So that's why people buy a lottery ticket every now and then, knowing the chance of winning is like less than 0.001%. And, and there's, you know, I get that. And that's why people are now excited by Bitcoin and blockchain and all that. You know, we plan on adding, uh, you know, savings and cryptocurrency and all that. But our, again, our goal is to do it in a way and help people figure out a way to do it in a rational way in which they can balance 
you know, dreams versus practical ways to save and spend. Okay. Um, my, my question goes back to uh, the business loan aspect. Uh, do you see PayBaby at any point in time becoming SBA certified as a certified lender through the SBA? Um, the, the short answer is yes, absolutely. So okay. we, we, we've, we believe it or not, we've already uh, applied uh, for the uh, SAM and gotten the federal, you know, all the stuff to get a SAM account. Know how many you know to become a federal contractor, that type of thing, and then to become a minority. And there is some called a CDFI, Community Development Financial Institution. So we're we're also in the process of doing it. But remember, we just started, <laughs> so this thing it takes time with these bureaucracies. But we plan on doing uh, both of those things at some point. We're looking at uh, possibly going for a bank charter. It used to cost $100 million to get a bank charter, but that has changed uh, dramatically with a digital. So the very first digital bank charter was issued on August 1st. So this is very, very recent. But mm -hmm. our goal, but our goal and, and that's good news about it, but there's a flip side of it. It's a lot of regulation. But as you notice, we're already working with Carver Bank. The other thing is that we plan on working with the network of MDIs and CDFIs in existence. Most of them, of course, have been around and they're, they come from the banking field. We come from the tech field. So our goal is to, is to build the tools, technologies, and services that will support our community and all these CDFIs and MDIs that uh, need the latest in technologies and services and, and empower them. And then as part of that, to make sure that deposits go to these type of institutions that reinvest in our community. And so with that in mind, we're already in the process of adding business accounts. We're adding a way in which we can give uh, these type of institutions can give loans with money from these accounts, too. Okay. Brother Son, you had just said some uh, some some acronyms. Can you explain those? He said CDFIs and sure. he okay. says, so, so, so the people might not for, yeah, for some okay. of us that might not know what that means. So there's something <laughs> called a minority depository institution. These are des mm -hmm. that's, and there's another one called community development financial institution. Both of them are designations by the federal government from the Department mm -hmm. of Treasury, and and they, uh, if you have that designate, all the most of the black banks have them, but there are a number of non-FDIC depository institutions that also have this designation. If they do. They qualify for grants and special loans from the federal government if they spend that money on on uh, low income and minority uh, uh, communities. Gotcha. So, that, now, so that, that's about. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I, I wanted to ask you. It seemed like you come, like you said several times, you come from that tech background, and you're doing some things with technology. The other, um, I guess, the black banks that's trying to come out uh is is not uh, what advantages you feel that is that having that tech um uh, that you already you know so you can already get that tech that's that's immediate and that's where the world is moving well the world is here move to tech <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's not come <laughs> my man philip but uh, you know he what, gen z or something like ak or something well, like that. Well, well, i'm 31 <laughs> i'm 31 <laughs> I'm 31. I'm 31. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but all, all my guys, all, all the young people, they, they live off of tech. They techie. I mean, um, tell us some advantages you feel that you're starting off that way versus more traditional brick and mortar. Yeah, sure. So uh, first and foremost, any uh, older, more established company has legacy because the longer that you're in business, the more you develop uh, established habits. So that's one thing. The second thing is, is because when I say technology, it's moving very, very fast. The rate of change in this country is, is quite amazing and around the world. Um, and so, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where people weren't thinking about doing everything on their phone, but now your, 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 your smartphone is like a supercomputer. It can do pretty much uh, anything. And, uh, and, and the other part of it is the comfort level. So I was given a speech at a black rotary club a few weeks ago, and probably the average age was, I don't know, it, it probably was well in the high 60s. And I thought, oh, these people will not be comfortable. 
And here's where the last several months of the pandemic has made a difference. They immediately pulled open the phone and they started downloading the app. They're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and then they asked me, oh, mm-hmm. but I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm here in North Carolina. If I give you money, who's going to get it? And then I said, well, at the moment, it doesn't go in your community, but we're working on that. So that's a big part. And then lastly, there are new things. Like I mentioned, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bitcoin, and block, which Bitcoin actually sits on the technology called blockchain. And blockchain is also known as de- digital ledger technology. And what it mm-hmm. does, it, it, commu- it, it does a immutable record of a transaction. It's basically an accounting system. I'm a, I'm a CPA, okay? And that accounting system is something where it's impossible to change the entries. And therefore, it's 100% trust. So what we're building is what I call the trust engine. And the trust engine will make it possible that, you know, you know, a lot of black people don't trust what's going on. They don't know why their score is the way it is, what changes, that type of thing. Our goal is to apply this technology in such a way that you will trust it. You will see it. You will see why you can trust it. But it will be anonymous. So I call it anonymous trusted digital. And then that could break this chain of trust that it currently exists. And that's where we see ourselves being able to provide a lot of leadership in that space. Awesome. I appreciate that. I know, I know brother Seiko's coming on here in a few minutes, but I guess for me, my, my last question is, I know that you're a CPA. I know, you know, credits and debits. I understand the vernacular. I know that a lot of our community were underbanked. Everyone knows this. When you look at the future of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and Ethereum and blockchain technology, how do we ensure that our community is able to benefit from this boon of technology that's going to happen very, very soon? Sure. So there's uh, there's two parts to it. First, uh, uh, the uh, there's uh, the black community. Actually, there's sort of two parts now. There's the uh, people like me and maybe you who are, you know, American descendants of slavery. Right. My grandmother came from Mississippi and their grandparents were slaves. But the fast but that community is sort of flat. The other huge part of the community is is uh, the black community that's arising from Africa and the Caribbean, and that that community is growing, and and they are very big at remittances and sending money overseas and that type of thing, and cryptocurrency and blockchain can reduces the cost of transferring money. Also true with the Latin community in New Mexico, it it can reduce it well over ninety five percent. So that's a huge benefit of uh, wow. cryptocurrency and and blockchain technology. The second part, which is a bigger question you're, you're asking, is why we need as our why we need our people heavily involved in engineering, why we need us to be more in, in uh, mathematics, artificial intelligence. I don't know if you read the article about the sister who worked at Google who quit and they were and she was saying that they're they're developing, you know, racist algorithms. And the, it, it's sort of like it's sort of like the virus. The virus isn't racist, nor is AI or machines aren't racist. They're just you know, they're just atoms and and uh, algorithms and data it's, it's, the, the, it's the input the input it's the input and the programming and the point of view and and so it's the same with banking there you know one of my someone who worked for me is one of the senior most people at experience and he said hey Asan, our stuff is perfect and he showed all his algorithms i'm like yeah that's great your algorithms are perfect look at that data though <laughs> it's totally, he said okay you got a point <laughs> and so unless we are there and we have a seat at the table and we're applying our skills to make sure that this next generation of when robots and artificial intelligence comes up, that it, it looks at it holistically and it, it takes the point of view of our community. We're going to be in trouble and it's going to be more important because the rate of change is accelerating. Thank you, sir. Okay. My, my question is from from your perspective, what industries do you feel will benefit the most from online banking? Which industries? Um, you know, um, banking and th- there is no industry that doesn't change banking because m- banking is money and money is everywhere. <laughs> so, having mm. having said that, uh, the um, if you look at you know housing, for example, is one area where we've been excluded and, you know, starting with right after World War II uh, with FHA and the VA bill and all that, they basically redlined us out of it. And I think, as I mentioned, with MDIs and CDFIs and all these other things, if we are 
we should we should be able to participate if we get involved in in uh, real estate and lending and that type of thing. The other thing related to it is all the related industries like insurance. Mm. One of the groups I meet I met with already is one of the largest life insurance companies, and they told me, you know, your everybody black people tend to buy life insurance, but they get small policies and they actually pay it relatively more than the white community. Why? Mm. Because you tend to buy insurance from agents, and agents look to get the make the most money, so they immediately go to the more profitable uh, customers before they go to the to the less profitable customers, and they charge them more. Technology can solve a lot of that, and then you can integrate that into banking, and everything changes. Then the then the other area that we see, like uh, in particular in the lower, you know, for people in the who are uh, receiving food stamps and you know, health healthcare. Healthcare is the largest industry in America, you know, next to banking. And as you know, we died at uh, twice the rate on COVID. So as a result, what's going on is there's a lot of these insurance companies, they're paying you for healthy habits and they give you a special debit card. And that debit card allows you to, you know, you get, you get paid if you go see the doctor and other things, but you can't use it to buy alcohol and tobacco, right? It's limited. Well, a new kind of bank account, which we're building automatically could, could be the same debit card. So when you go to the store, they have no idea that that debit card actually have these healthy rewards in it. But you know you can't spend that $100 on alcohol and tobacco. Or you, you could do the same thing with food stamps, too. So you could have intelligence what's inside of it and start integrating these APIs. I, call, I shouldn't say APIs, it's kind of a technical term. But you could integrate these type of applications into banking and make it possible where you could offer all these services in such a way that makes it possible for anybody to have access like anybody else. Um, and that's uh, a big difference. Go ahead. Well, you know, that's actually, I want to encourage you to say those inside terminologies that you have and, and educate those on, uh, educate us on those because, you know, those are important things. You know, we need to know those. So uh, uh, one of the things I, I, I think what you're saying is that our spending habits, our activities, all the things that we're doing can be benefited by te- the technology that out there that right now we're not well the black community is not using to our advantage but sometimes it's being used to hurt us right because right. the right. input the people who are managing the input that they're not thinking about our community they're not from our community or they're not there to uh, rectify that so um you know touch on that just again a little bit just in general i mean that might be a general statement but uh how how that you know, directly impacts us. Sure. So, so I mentioned a couple of things. I mentioned about you know healthcare and that type of thing. You know, one thing that's a, a, sort of a pet peeve of mine. They talk about you know uh, the the uh, private market or public market for healthcare and that type of thing. Well, health insurance is nothing but a big accounting machine. They they don't actually have doctors. They just move money from one place to another, and so that's in many ways that's a type of banking service related to healthcare. And, and again, because we're not, you know, right at the middle, we don't have a seat at the table. The flows, those money flows often do not benefit us uh, the way they should. So we, we need to figure out where, where that's going. Uh, the other thing, uh, there's a, uh, the, this lady who, uh, she's a PhD, I can't remember her name. She's been on the news. I saw her on MSNBC the other day. And, and she talks about how our tax system is very racist. And people said, what do you mean taxes? She said, well, the whole idea, it, it was created by white people because they originally, they, they primarily had the uh, the father worked and the mother stayed at home. So they called the marriage deduction. Whereas in the black community, we both parents had to work. We don't get the marriage deduction. So we automatically pay a higher tax rate than, than the comparable fa- family in the white community would only has one income. So there are all these areas in which we are are hurt. And so we need to understand what they are. And so a big part of what we're looking at, and again, all these money flows start. Like if you if you haven't filed your tax return, the last thing they do is where should we send your money? And that's where you could click on, on your bank account. So our goal is to add and to start, I call API, that's called application programming interface. And so the, that is where all these technologies are, are, are linked in to the money flows. And so we, and here's the other part of this big inflection point with digital banking. In 10 years, I believe your whole, the vision of banking will be so different 
than anything that we imagine today. It's similar to TV. If you look at little kids and you talk about turning the channel up or down, they're like, they won't know what you're talking about. They're like, which app? <laughs> which app are you talking about? Are you talking about Disney Plus or HBO Max or whatever? They don't even think of, you know, you almost have to be 15 or greater to even know about cable TV flipping up and down channels. Young kids mm -hmm. don't do it. Similar things are going to happen to banking. It's going to be which app? What is the API? How does it integrate? Because money flows through everything. And that's what we need to be thinking about. Every time we're involved in any service, how does it touch the money system, the money supply, and how do we integrate into it? It's a little bit philosophical, but I hope that, you know, I hope that explains. That's okay. That's, that's exactly. I just wanted to make sure people know had to step off for uh, a moment. I mean, so, you know, we, we, we appreciate Philip for his help there. Now I, I know we also talked, and I know, brother, but we're we're gonna continue the conversation. Um, we had talked about crowdfunding a little bit, and we have a thing here. But um, I believe that's one of the keys that we have to be in the black community that we have to self fund our our ventures financially. We have to be, uh, you know, empowered that way. And what what some things if you had touched on it before, but what some things that you see maybe your this this organization, this banking system, being able to help facilitate in our community. Sure. So, like in, in the case of our crowdfunding, we made it where you could buy a hundred shares for one hundred and forty-seven dollars. And then, not not to be too philosophical, you know, I is that still available? It's available now. You got. I think you put it up there. You know, www.paybaby.com. You can uh, mm -hmm. you can it'll be at the very top. Invest now. You can invest for as little as one hundred and forty-seven dollars for a hundred shares. And, and part, of, part of it is I believe we should invest in ourselves. And then remember, we're a public benefit corporation. So we, we listen to everybody. But, uh, and, and, then part, and, you know, we need to not always be dependent to going to others who control our, actually, a lot of it's our wealth. We got $3 trillion going through it. And yet we have to ask those of us who are not us for, for anything. So we should empower ourselves. But, you know, I, I, I actually go back philosophically to this brother named Marcus Garvey, who had this idea about 100 years ago. And he created a shipping company uh, called the Black Star. And, and there's this one sister who's uh, part of our advisory board. And she said her mother showed her once, look at the share I have. This is a symbol of us having empowerment among us. It was a share of stock of the Black Star that Mar Marcus Garvey owned. And so with that kind of, uh, with that in mind is part of what we're doing. But beyond that is that every time you become a shareholder, then you think about how do I participate? How do I help? Then you have, we want to create a community where you 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 go to pay baby, you invest, you talk to your friends and buddies, you talk about financial empowerment. What are their habits? Then you, you know, I bring up all these technologies. Said, it hey, wouldn't it be nice if nice if I had X, Y, and Z? We don't know all the things, so we're looking for input. So we need to think about issues that affect <laughs> us and how we can help each other. That's that's a huge part of what we're what we're trying to accomplish, and we want to do it with excellence. So it's all it's a, you know it's about the community, but it's not about just being cool. It's not about any of that. It's how do we do things in such a way that we can create a system where we own our own, we empower ourselves, and then we build wealth together. Okay. Um, let's do something a little hypothetical. Sure. Uh, let's say if I'm a pastor, a rabbi, an imam, or a sheikh, and I'm watching this telecast, or I'm a CEO of a nonprofit, how would your bank in particular and online banking in general benefit our religious institutions and or our nonprofit institutions? Sure. Okay. So um, starting, we, we love for you to be an investor and then you have a voice on how do you can have black empowerment within our community. And then uh, secondly, as we build out, we're going to be, we're going to be uh, recirculating these dollars through, uh, you know, black banks and minority deposit institutions, as I, I mentioned it earlier. So you can automatically, you know, have a way in which you can funnel money into, into the community that we wish to serve. And then there's a, another big part of digital banking that's changing everything. Yeah. And that is everything that you see now that's in banking, you know, like, for example, I'm familiar with, say, Islamic banking, which has its own rules. With technology, our platform is, is a banking platform. 
that can easily apply the rules to an Islamic bank or any other kind of bank or, you know, or, or and so, or, you know, uh, it can, uh, you can start filtering it in a way that's acceptable from a regulatory point, but also at the same time, give you the tools to support uh, things that you rather support. Like an, I mentioned Islamic banking, it wouldn't do things that, you know, that, that they were considered, you know, they call it haram, but unacceptable, that kind of thing. Uh, so all that is possible now. And so it starts with first with our community. And then secondly, a discussion of what are you looking for? And then building those type of uh, uh, technologies and banks to support that. That's great. And, and that's creating actually a, a community of uh, financial that financial empowerment. Uh, I, I love that. I love that's that idea. And that goes back to my, my Garveyites. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so let's just get that going. All right. All right. Um, we got about, about 10 minutes here. Um, you know, uh, we want to continue this conversation. Now I want you to real quick, um, brother son, if you can, again, if someone just came in and they wanted to know exactly, um, how they could get the the app again, and how how can they do that? How they could get going with you guys? With, with your, sure. With your. So our main site is www.paybaby.com. P a y b b y dot com. That actually started as an acronym: Pay Black Brown Youth. <laughs> And then and, ah. and then and then the young people say, "Oh, that sounds like pay baby. That's cool." So that's why we did it. And then, as I mentioned, <laughs> we bought we bought the banking app called Wicket on on Martin Luther King Day, W I C K E T. So we are the only we are the only black banking institution in which you can download our banking app today in all fifty states, including you know Hawaii and and Alaska. And then you can get involved. And then and if you want a seat at the table. We urge you to invest, and you can invest and buy a hundred shares or a little one hundred forty-seven dollars. Many people are investing thousands of dollars, and you and you do that on the PayBaby site. You click on the very top; it says "Invest Now," our equity crowdfunding. And for those of you who don't know about equity crowdfunding, it's a it was started with the uh, in two thousand twelve by President Obama, and it allows non-accredited investors to invest in anything. So no matter what your wealth. If you have nothing, you could be, I mean, you could be uh, on food stamps or whatever, and maybe you could only invest $100 or $200. That's legal now if you're a legal crowdfunding site. So we're a legal crowd. And if you go to invest now, we have to follow a Form C with the Securities and Exchange Commission. It's just like going public. The form looks almost identical to an IPO form, a Form uh, S1. So all the data about our company is there. It's very granular. I guess I tell many people it forced us to get naked. I mean, all the way down, not even in the underwear to show everything about it. So there's, <laughs> so there's nothing about our company that's mm. there. And so we 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 plan to always be transparent and always be communicative, and and to stick to our mission of supporting our community. And again, go to our site, invest if you can, and download our app. Awesome, awesome. And so it seems like you're um, been been on a roll. What's some barriers that you've been facing? I mean, I've you, you got this thing you moved f- fast, you know, since George Floyd to now. But I know this could have been a, been something just uh, simple for you. Um, what were some barriers, or what some things you had to overcome to get this um, get this rolling? So as I mentioned earlier, less than 1% of all venture capital goes to black entrepreneurs. So that was one of the biggest barriers. And then right after George Floyd, you had all these major corporations say, oh, yeah, we want to support you and all that. And then I called many of them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we got a committee and the committee will decide and this and that. I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of ridiculous. So our, we still have, you know, that uh that challenge and then those many of them when they do provide money they provide money to organizations and and they look at it's not as an investment they look at it as charity and in fact Mm -hmm. someone who just got a lot of money is a tv interview and they even said we don't even care if we make money we're just happy we gave them money and i'm thinking wait a minute i'm a true businessman i'm doing this not to serve my community but this is a real business with that can make a profit and unless we have a business that makes a profit it's not sustainable and, and in fact, when I started, many people said, oh, the reason your people can't bank is because they're bad credit and all that. And I researched and I found that was not true. <laughs> and so there's so and that's even among our own people who don't who don't believe it. Right. And so 
We right. and so that's why we have to. And right now, I challenge you know if these big you know major companies that talk about it, you know, I want to see them put their money with and not with this charitable attitude because that is not going to change anything. <laughs> you know, we got you know mm-hmm. we understand we are educated now. You know, I'm the first college graduate in my family, right? And that wasn't true. Uh, uh, you know, so things have changed in that regard. What hasn't changed is our wealth relative to white wealth hasn't changed, which is a total disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> like, how could that be? I have not you changed know? at all. Yeah. But, but <laughs> we're going to change it now. That that moment <laughs> is changing. That moment will change. But I would say that there's a, we have to give, a, we've had a great struggle trying to explain that. Secondly, you know, they believe, okay, uh, you know, they look at, oh, I already can use one of these major white institutions. Why would I need to go to yours? One, of, um, Even among our own people, they were like, well, what's the point of a black bank? Who cares? I can just have my account to Chase. I said, well, you know, less than 2% of the capital of our community gets recycled. And they're like, well, what does that have to do with me? I said, because they're taking your money and they're giving it to someone else. <laughs> so when the kids, <laughs> when it's time to get a loan, you so know true. that the appreciation of our properties in our neighborhood don't go up like in other neighborhoods. A lot mm. of that is due to the lack of capital. So all these things connect. And that's why you have to challenge yourself to invest in and you have to challenge every institution you go to to put their money. When they say they want to do something, don't talk about, okay, I believe you. I'm not a ra- I'm not whatever anymore, but challenge them to take hard action. And we still struggle with that today because I just gave a seminar the other day. All black people, and you would not believe how many of them like, I don't get it. What well, you know, it's just a bank account. What difference does it make? Uh like, what don't you do? Actually, can I ask account? you a, a Go ahead. Actually, okay, I was gonna ask you if you if it's okay. I know Brother Minister Yusuf might be uh have a question too, but uh, how about the opposite? Are you going are you uh, in your mind want to market to outside the African American community, get that dollars and bring it into our community? Great question. Our goal is to have the number one banking system in the world, bar none. Okay. All right. So when we, when we do our product planning, when we do our roadmap, we're not looking at, we're looking at how do we serve our community because of these special problems of discrimination and KYC and other things. But when we look at products and technology we're going to use, we're looking at how do we beat the big boys? I, given our spending and the browning, you know, less than half of people under 18 are white now. So mm-hmm. eventually we see no reason why there can't be a, a black institution on the order of a Chase or a B of A. And when that happens and if we're number one, everyone will flock to us, that, yeah. which is mm-hmm. fine. It'll be the opposite. <laughs> In fact, it'll be others non-blacks. And why did you go there? Well, they have the best service. Well, that's why I went there. <laughs> that's our goal. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know, did you have any question? You know, it's interesting in, in my book, I talk about any, any economic philosophy that we develop, it must be rooted in a nucleus of culture, history, and spirituality. And just in this dialogue, I see that pay baby, you know, fits that to a T when we start dealing with non-African entities, that cultural component, that historical and that spiritual component is missing. But with Pay Baby, those nuances, I think, gives it a competitive advantage uh, in, in the banking field. So it's it's kind of interesting to see this bank tie in with what I've written in my book about having a philosophy rooted in that nucleus of culture, history, and spirituality. Great, great point. And that's why we, we want people to invest. That's why we want to start a community and discussion. And we should always be t- thinking and talking about how we get better with that culture, uh, community, and spirituality embedded in everything we do. They should—they're linked. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately, in this country, I, I call we move to a, a society of too much predatory capitalism. It's like how can we hustle someone? <laughs> and really, the basis of business should be all about how do I provide something better, cheaper, faster, and as a result, I get rewarded for it. You know, I did something good. Not I took advantage. You know, uh, that actually touches on, I was just actually watching um, a show, uh, Saving Capitalism, different book um, about that. But it actually touches, um, I think what you just said touches on that because it's just who's in control, right? And I just want like, uh, who's in control? These isms 
and control of the isms is what makes them good or bad. It's not the ism itself, if like capitalism. But one of the things I want to say, uh, you know, I also like um, uh, brothers. Uh, a brother has just said, you know, with my company, we we've been helping on, on the on the ground floor, helping businesses get from that level of actually getting going out, get a bank account to getting their back office in 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 order so that they could be live, you know, you know, they could give to a loan officer something something besides, yeah, I did business, right? Um, <laughs> you know, change change from being yeah. a hustle, a hookup, uh, to actually being in a business, and I love this because this is another. Um, uh, avenue that they can go to, uh, and, and, and everyone is uh, available to it. So I'm going to say this: we're about to wrap up, but our brother son, can you? Is there any last minute? Uh, you have about uh, la- one minute. Uh, something that you want to say to for people to maybe reach you or come uh, like to say to everybody. Sure. So uh, two things: one, I urge you to go to our site. I hope you invest in a minimum download our app. But secondly. We want to hear and we want to begin the conversation because this is all about how, how do we help each other and how do we look at what's most important? And that's what's that's very important. And as I mentioned, everything touches banking, but we all the ways in which we could help touch banking is something that we need to uh, talk among each other and then talk about with new banks like us so we can think about how we add that to our service. All right. So I'm. I just want to thank everybody from from everyone coming on from Brother Minister Zumbia to uh, my man Philip that, that came on earlier, my, Mr. Hassan doing his thing, and I appreciate that. I want to, again go out there, check it out. Uh, I I thoroughly love the conversation today, and I just want to say again, uh, just go out there and stand on code. I want to give shout out to my man Seiko, and we're gonna be out. You know, gonna see you all next week. Um, no, stay locked in. show was brought to you by Positive Vibes Incorporated, our consulting services. We do credit fixes. We do tax resolution. We lend private money and debt consolidation. So if you need some of these services, we're waiting here for you. Credit fixes, tax resolutions, private money, and debt consolidation. Make sure you call Positive Vibes Incorporated. 